They were presumptuous. They uh, were self-will. Uh, they spoke evil of dignitaries, so of doxa, that word right there, of glory. In other words, they're, they're able to come in the church and speak evil openly using God's word. And there's no conviction. There's no nothing there. It's, it's just dry, just pure evil. And these false teachers, they creep into the church deceptively, right? They're very uh, skilled in, in, in their secrecy, according to Second Peter. And uh, they, they deceive. And they, they want to come in, and that's what they're doing in the churches today. So I decided, you know what, I wanted to keep going on false teachers and keep going on you know, our passage there. But uh, I wanted to take a pause and the opportunity tonight to just say, you know what, we can be corrected over and over and say, hey, watch out for these guys, watch out for them. But we need to look to the Lord. And the Lord will show us and reveal to us if we're being Bereans, Acts 17, 11, right? What do they do? They studied the word of God. They took to the scriptures, the words of Paul, and they did it daily. I mean, we could do it maybe once a week if we could. There's a lot of people that don't even do that at all. <laughs> and uh but they, they took it to the scriptures and they, they went to the word of God. And that's what we ought to be, right? We ought to be mature believers going back to the scriptures and confirming, is this what they're saying? Is this the word of God? Is this true? You know, and, and God will protect us because we're, we're in his word and we're being reminded of his word. And that's what first Peter, second Peter is all about is reminding them of the things of, of Christ, you know, the power of God, the promises of God, the people of the Lord. And, and so so I, I thought that we would just take a little pause. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I better get this PowerPoint out. Um, but from Genesis, I just want to just handpick a few verses out of Scripture. And I hope you guys don't mind getting a lot of Scripture tonight. Because, you know, uh, yeah, I talked to Thomas, our video guy. And he was like, hey, the more of God's Word, the more the better, right? It's just, you know, it's God's Word. So can't go wrong there. Um, Genesis, we'll just jump into it. Uh, Genesis chapter 22, you guys remember uh, Abraham, he's being tested by the Lord to take his son, his one and only son, up the mountain, Mount Moriah, uh, or Golgotha, whichever one you want to call it. And, and he's being tested by the Lord, and it's almost like there was a conversation happening uh, in heaven uh, about this test that Abraham was going to go through. And so you see right here, it says, Do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, because remember he was going to sacrifice, you know, Abraham, sacrifice your one and only son. So he's with the knife then, and then all of a sudden a bright light, whoosh, and he's like, hold on, <laughs> right? And then he's, he says, don't touch the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. And that's almost like that was the conversation in heaven. Let's see if he fears the Lord, right? Oh, now it's confirmed. You really do fear the Lord because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. So, um, in fact, in Exodus um, chapter 14, verse 31, it says, And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. In chapter 20, verse 18, it says, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear and they stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. In verse 20, it says, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. Love that verse. So good. It's the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 16, 6. I'll get to it later. But it's it's his, that fear, that godly fear, that reverential awe before the Lord, that um, it's an awesomeness before the living God. That that uh, only scripture, I think, really could give the best definition. And that's what I'm going to try to attempt tonight, to just give you guys the scripture and, and let the Lord do the rest there. But I'm, I was thinking of, you know, these false teachers, these big churches. You know these false teachers because they got a great big following, according to Second Peter chapter 2, verse 2. 
And, and a lot of churches do have a great big following. Why? Because they're going to heap up for themselves itching ears, right? And teachers who will give them what they want to hear. Entertain us. Get up there and, and do a dance or do the fire thing or do the riding on a motorcycle and awe us, you know? And that's my pastor and people are all excited. Uh, but the ones that are just giving the word of God, there's no hype about it, I noticed, you know? And, um, be, because of all these great churches that are uh, just mega, right? There's so much people coming to these churches. Um, I wonder if the fear of God was in a lot of the churches, if there would be, you know, this emergent movement, if there would be this compromise happening within the church of, you know, we don't really need the scriptures. And, and, and you know, Jesus isn't really who he says he is. He's not the son of God. We don't necessarily need to be in awe of him and fear him and die to ourselves. Live it up, right? This is the only life that we have. Come to church where you can feel welcomed and, and be yourself. You, you see that on themes, right? See that on their bulletins when you go to their churches, where it's all about you in a sense, right? And, and they want you to feel comfortable. But when you come to a church and they fear God... You're going to hear scripture, and scripture is going to sound like, hey, you're not in a good place if you don't know the Lord, right? It's going to, it's going to direct, talk about sin, and it's going to talk about repentance, and it's going to talk about who God is. And, and, and then when you realize who he is, you've been duped, right? When you, when you, if you gave in to these emergent style teachings of who God is and what God wants for your life, because you thought it was all about you, Right? It was all about building up your own kingdom, the lie from the Garden of Eve, right? Uh, of you can be like God. Okay, and that was mankind's fall, and that's mankind's, that's still our fall today. We want to be just like God, and so we reject the idea that Jesus is the Son of God, the living God Almighty come in the flesh, right? Like the Gnostics, they're like, no, I didn't really come in the flesh. He came in the spirit. He just glided up on the cross and he glided off, right? They say all this stuff, but it's like, wait, what? Uh, Paul in Colossians is combating against those guys. And, uh, but I think if we had that fear of the Lord, um, Man, churches will be very different. I think churches will truly be glorifying the Lord and honoring to the Lord. And and so if you guys don't mind, I want to take this little pause and give you guys some scripture uh, of what I just handpicked. There's a whole bunch, by the way, in, in, in the Bible. And I literally just had to just grab one or two from each book. And, and that's kind of what I want to do tonight. So Leviticus chapter 25, verse 17, it says, Do not take advantage of each other. But fear your God. I am the Lord, your God. This is a command from the Lord. Uh, in fact, in Deuteronomy, God cries out to uh, ha- for us to have this fear. It's a cry from the Lord's heart. Notice he says, oh, right? It's a, it's a, it's a cry out. Uh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Do you want it to be well with you and your children forever? Oh, oh, the Lord would say exactly what he just said right now, right? Oh, that they would just fear me. If only the church would just fear me and come before me. That's God's heart. That's God's desire for our church. Uh, Moses, he shares his heart about the fear of God. Uh, in chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing to uh, over to possess, that you may, and here it is, fear the Lord your God. That's the very thing right here. To keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I commanded you, and you and your son and your grandson and all the days... Uh, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. There's always prolonged life spoken of after. Uh, if it's speaking about the days of life, it's always speaking of uh, lots of days after the fear of God. Um, in, ch- in chapter 10, verse 12, it says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God? And to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I, which I command you today for your good. But 
the fear of God, the fear of the Lord is what the church needs today. And, and, uh, how many churches do you know of that are teaching on the fear of God, on, on just being in awe of who the Lord is? I see people come in, uh, to church, you know, they throw their, their feet up on the pews and they're chewing their gum, throw it around, you know, and, and it's just like a, it's like, it's no other place, you know, it's like there's no presence of God in, in, in the church today. And, and there's no more, you know, awe before the Lord. There's no more trembling before the Lord. You know, when, when you come up to, to sing to the Lord, people just like, blah, 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 give, give the ear, go home, do their thing throughout the day. And it's just like a, a complacency you could kind of see in a lot of people's lives. And, and it's sad, but it's true. And what happened? Well, sin happened. Sin comes into our lives and it makes us immune to the things of this world and, and, and we don't see that we're even in sin. Little things, little things at a time we allow and it really just starts to take from us and, and we don't realize that we've been taken from the Lord. We've been backsliding, if you will. And, and the Lord would say, hey, you know, I died for you, right? The cross. His blood shed on the cross for you and I, that if we just continue to return to him, and and uh, that's why I love communion. I love it that our church does communion, and, and we remember what the Lord did, you know, and I think at that moment, there there ought to be a fear strict, just striking in our hearts of just trembling before the Lord, and, and in tears, and just saying, Lord, forgive me, <laughs> a sinner, right? If you If you go through communion and you're not saying anything like that, Yikes, right? That's, that's a, that's a scary place to be in. Um, in chapter 31, verse 12, it says, Assemble the people, men, women, and children, and aliens living in your towns, so they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully all the words of this law. Notice, have you guys, are you guys seeing this trend here? The fear of the Lord, that's what this nation needs. Parents are commanded to teach their children the fear of the Lord. Uh, in chapter 31, verse 13, it says, And that their children, who have not known it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you crossed the Jordan to possess. So obviously, speaking to the children of Israel, um, but we today ought to learn from the children of Israel and we ought to teach our children the fear of the Lord, to be in awe of the Lord, to respect the Lord. And uh, in Joshua chapter 4, verse 23, it says, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Are you guys, this is, this is good stuff. Look at 24 verse 14. It says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Don't serve your own self, your, your flesh nature, the things that your flesh desires and craves. Don't give over to the God of this world, right? The luxuries of this life, the delicacies, and don't let that replace your relationship with Christ uh, and serve the Lord. Serving him it takes on a whole new meaning when you dive into it with your whole heart. And then when, when things are good, it's easy to serve, but when things go bad, that's when the test comes, right, of character. Are you really going to serve him? Are you still going to serve him? And why are you serving him? Is it just because he said so? No, it's because you love the Lord, Right? Because you fear the Lord, you develop this love that you can never develop in and of yourself. It's the agape love. It's a spiritual, selfless, sacrificial type love that only Christ can produce in our life. And, and that's exactly what the, what the Lord's gonna do in our life. And we're gonna have that love that just changes everything in your life. Look at 1 Samuel. Chapter 12, verse 14, it says, If you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. 
In chapter 12, verse 24, it says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. And truly, he's done some great things. In 2 Samuel, uh, David's last words that God put on his heart uh, is just finds, I find it very interesting that a king at his old age and the last things that he would be speaking of, uh, what would they be? What would a heart of a king who has found favor in the sight of God, uh, you know, uh, called like a friend of God, what would he say in chapter 23 of 2 Samuel, uh, in verse 3, it says, the God of Israel said, the God uh, or the rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men must be just. Ruling in the fear of God. He learned something in the, in the ministry that he's been given, in the position that he was given. Uh, and, and, and it's to fear the Lord. And he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises. A morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. In First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 25, it says, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. He didn't just make, he spoke the word and it became, right? God is the only one who can speak and thus it created. Man can never You know, don't buy into the whole, you know, you can speak it into existence thing, because that's the whole lie again, back to the garden, that you're, you're like God, and, and you can speak things into it. No, there's no power in your words, but there's power in the word of God. Amen? And so we continually, as believers, we trust in the Lord. In Second Chronicles, you know, when God's word is taught, this, this is what's gonna happen when God's word is taught. In Second Chronicles, Chronicles chapter 17, verse 9, and so they taught in Judah and had the book of the law of the Lord with them. They went throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people. And the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the lands that were around Judah, so that they did not make war against Jehoshaphat. Isn't that great? When you fear the Lord, even your enemies are going to be at peace with you. It's just, it's just something uh, only God can do. And, and that's not something that man can do. In Job, this guy has an impressive resume. In chapter 1, verse 1, it starts to give some characteristics about this guy. It says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright. And one who... Why would he even add this in there? Why would God allow this part to be in here right here? One who feared God and shunned evil. Whenever evil came, he shunned it. He said, ugh, it was an abomination. It was disgust in his mouth. It gave a bad taste, right? It wasn't something to be desired. It was like, wah, right? The Bible says, abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Um, it says in verse 8 of Job, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man? And he could have just left it at that, right? But imagine God speaking this of you. And it says, One who fears God and shuns evil. Whoa! That took God's sight. God saw the heart of Job and and and. And that's exactly what it was in in his description. In chapter 28, verse 28, it says, And to man, he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. You guys want wisdom? You want understanding? Well, it begins, well, obviously in the house of God, right? Where you begin to produce, you, you, you see the fear of God. But it comes from the word of God where the fear of God will come. The more you hear the word, it'll produce that fear of God in your heart. In Psalm chapter 15, it says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle and who may dwell in your holy hill? And then he answers, he who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those, notice, who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. And it goes on. Uh, in chapter 25, verse 12, it says, Who is the man that fears the Lord? Question mark. Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. 
He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. I love that part. Um, The secret of the Lord uh, is with those who fear the Lord. I always, when I read in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 29, 29, you know, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things that are revealed to us, they belong to us, that we know the things that are in the word of God. Um, In 2 Peter, we understood in chapter 1 that everything that we need as believers uh, to live this life as believers is everything for life and godliness is contained in the scripture. And and I love it right here in Psalm that it's talking about, hey, the secret of the Lord. You guys want to know the secrets of the Lord? You want to know the things, the hidden uh, treasures, I guess you can say, of, of the Lord? What would, would God share things that really concerned him and moved him with you? Would he open up to somebody like you? Well, I don't know about me, right? But we're covered in his righteousness. He sees us blameless and upright in his eyes positionally and so of course he will if you're a believer in christ and so he will continue to show you these things and in chapter um it says in chapter 31 verse 19 oh how great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men it says let all the earth in chapter 33 verse 8 let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. And that's exactly that fear that it's really hard to describe, but it's it's that awe, that reverential, that respect before the Lord, that, uh, that you know, that feeling when you're reading the word and your heart is just being torn apart and, and there's no way that you would consider sin and if you did right it entered in you would cast it to the ground immediately because there's just that passion that burning within your heart of scripture of the word and that that personal time with the lord that's that 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 fear of the lord and that's the healthy fear of the lord so some people eat cheerios because they want a healthy heart right (laughs) as a believer i'm telling you the fear of the lord you want a healthy heart there you go um, look at chapter 33 of verse 18. It says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. In chapter 34, verse 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them uh, and then it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. It's a cry. Do you guys hear that? It's a cry out um, that we would fear the Lord. There is no want to those who fear him. Just like Psalm 23 talks about, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right? There's no wanting. You're not going to be like, oh, oh, I want. Because you're satisfied. Right? The Lord is, uh, Jesus said, in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He is, John 10, 10, you, he'll give you life abundantly, right? So and it says, there is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Are you seeking the Lord? Are you, are you trusting in the Lord? Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm 36, verse 1, an oracle. Another word for an oracle could be a burden, right? An oracle or a burden within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes. And that's kind of a scary verse because I, I, I often think about Jesus when he said, you know, when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find those who are believing in him? And it's like, well, of course you will, Lord. I mean, um, it's, I'm in this generation, right? Uh, and But Willie just kind of threw that out there. And is there going to be a true fear of God in these times? Uh, or are we just using God for our own prosperity, our own benefit? You know, and when you when you look to the Lord for his benefit, there's all kinds of benefits for you that are way more outmeasure your old thoughts of your benefits that you thought you had. And, and the Lord is so good. And I, you know, that's actually what brought me to the Lord was his goodness. He was so good. Um, 
you know, I remember just being broken in tears, falling on my face, and just, I, I wanted to die, literally. I was done with life, and, and, uh, I just remember just crying out, just saying, Lord, you know what? I, I, obviously I believe in you. I know you're there. I know you're true, but reveal yourself to me. I'm gonna, you know, I'm either going to take my life. I had a knife, you know, I was going to, I just wanted to give up in life. And, and I say, you know what, Lord, forget it. I'm not, I'm going to give up my life. I was going to die right here, right now, anyways. So I tell you what, my life is yours. I'm going to live for you no matter what. And, and I said, Lord, if you're, you're, I know you're true. Um, but come into my life, change my life and, and make yourself real in my life. And, and I was done with the world. I kid you not. I didn't want anything. Uh, of the world, and that very night, that the next day, it was just a dramatic change, where I just knew, it just felt, you wake up, and you're like, whoa, it's a whole nother life, and and I, I, I went on trying to go and do my own thing, and it didn't work, I tried hanging out with my friends, and there was no desire to hang out with them, I was like, they're all, you want some, man, smoke this, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want that, what do you mean you don't want that, I don't want it, I don't know, I just don't want it, and, and then, uh, you know, I'm in the car and my family's listening to the regular, you know, worldly station and I'll be turning it off and they're like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> but the Lord, you know, when he comes in, he changes every part of you, every aspect of you. I no longer wanted to watch the things I was watching. I used to love stealing. I used to break into houses. I know, calm down. Uh, cars, we used to get, take cars and take them through a, a ditch and race each other. And we did all kinds of stuff. And now I'm trying to do those things again and it wasn't happening. Even a simple little uh, stick of gum that I was trying to get at Walmart. I try to grab it, and I'm about to just slip it in my pocket like I use my normal dill. I did it all the time. And I, I can't, it's tradition. I can't go to the store without, you know, when I was a kid. And, and here I am about to put it in, and all of a sudden I hear from the Lord. And, and I, you know, it wasn't specific words, but I, I heard it. I don't know how to explain that. But it was almost like, it was like, it was like Josh, I love you. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, oh, right? There's no, there's just no words. Of course I threw that thing and, you know, it took off. But man, his, he's so good to, to lead us in truth and keep us in truth. Jude 24, right? Uh, uh, what does it say? It says something. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. He's able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of, 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 of him, right? With exceeding joy, it says, uh, to our God and Savior. And, and it goes on. But, man, he's so good. The Bible says his goodness, his kindness, it leads us to salvation. And he's still so good to you today, right? I look back in my life and then I'm and now... I should know better. And what do I do? I still fall and I still stumble and I'm like, dummy, what are you doing? Right? And and I'm like, Lord, oh, I'm so sorry. And then he blesses you. Why are you blessing me, Lord? I'm a sinner. And he's like, it's not because you're a sinner. It's because of who I am. Right? I always want to put my eyes back on myself when I'm in sin. So of course that's going to be my response. And, but when it's on him, it's all about him no matter what. It's his nature. First John chapter four, God is love. And that's, that's just who he is. So even if you're evil and you're doing evil stuff, you're going to find yourself blessed nonetheless. Like that. Wow. It sounds like a rap song, but you're going to be blessed no, no matter what. And, and I love it. I, I still hear his voice today. That still small voice and you're getting in the word of God and he's still, you know, he's whispering just his love to you and that he's just saying, Hey, I just want to spend time with you. And it's like, oh, Lord, melt. Oh, right? You just want to fall apart. And, and it's, it's, it's a, that's how the Lord equips us. As we're getting in his word and as we're seeking the Lord, he's equipping his saints for the work of the ministry. And he's preparing you for something that you don't know. And I, I don't want to know, right? I just want to give him the glory. Because if I did know, I'd be like, hey, Lord, it's me, right? But... He gets the glory, and and we don't need to know, and we walk by faith. Uh, Psalm 85, verse 9, it says, Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. And David prays in Psalm 86, verse 11, and he says, Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. This is something that only God can produce in us, and he will. And And have you... 
cried out to the Lord in tears? Have you just got on your knees and said, Lord, teach me the fear of you. Teach me to walk in your, your ways, to unite my heart with yours, Lord. And, and I think it's a, it's a blessing if you do. In Psalm 89, verse 7, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. Um, and do you reverend the Lord? Do you revere the Lord? Do, is, is God, uh, and I question the guys that say, hi, I'm Pastor Reverend so-and-so. What? <laughs> right? And then you read this verse, and you're like, you know, that God gets all the reverence and the fear God, and then there's Mr. Fear me instead. I'm Reverend so-and-so. And what? Have you even thought about your title? <laughs> Have you read the Bible? I don't know. How does that title work? But Anyway, sorry, I'm probably making people mad in here. But Psalm 103, verse 11, it says, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. And, and you know, there's something about, you know, I, I could speak on and on about the fear of the Lord. There's so much verses in the Bible, and it could go forever. Um, but there's something that the Lord, when he produces that love in your heart, it's not just a love for everything that's always going well and good. I remember having dreams like crazy, vivid dreams of, you know, my wife getting, uh, um, just, you know, cause human trafficking is just so huge. So I, I had dreams of my wife getting taken, my daughter getting taken, my son getting taken. And, and, and then to see things sexually being done where I couldn't do anything. This is my dreams, but I was like, Lord, why am I having these dreams? Take them away. I don't want them. And, and, and I remember the Lord when I was going through the word, I was talking about loving my enemies and I was like, no, this, this cannot be just coincidence that you're talking to me to love my enemies after I had a crazy dream like that. That was from the enemy. I don't want to have that stuff. And yet, um, it, the Lord just reminded me, Josh, I died for that type of people as well. Of such were you, right? It, it, I'm reminded of a scripture that I'm no better of a, a sinner than anybody else. We're, we're, we're all sinners, saved by grace if we're believers in Christ, but there's the world that wants to take advantage. Obviously, if I saw it, I'd beat him up and, you know, I'd kill him if I could. Sorry, did I say that out loud? I would. But, uh, but the Lord would say, Josh, I died for them. I love them. I've been reaching out for them and I'm, I'm, I want them to know me. And, and it's like a battle within my heart, like, ah, I, I know you did, Lord, but, but, I mean, they're gonna die. You know, it's, vengeance is mine, Lord, and, and, uh, and it hits home for me when I realize, you know what, I wanna act out in the flesh, but God wants to produce something far greater and far more than I can fathom and imagine in my life. If I would give my own heart to Him, and watch and see, and I realize now, when I'm thinking of that, that people that have done things wrong to others, uh, these other people come back in their life, and there's forgiveness done. These people, these Christians, are able to go to these guys who, you know, were drunk drivers and killed their daughter, or something like that, and, and I, I could go over a number of them in my head right now, but... They gave him the gospel. They responded to the gospel. The forgiveness was found. How does stuff like that even happen? Well, a heart needs to respond to God, right? Someone needs to give up. And, and there needs to be sacrifice that needs to happen. And it was Christ who sacrificed uh, for us. And I think, um, you know, uh, people are asking God, God, you know, can you just do something... Uh, you know, do a movement in our, in my life right now. Do, do a big change in my life right now. Do a big transformation. Could, can't you just do something big, a big revival? Can't you just like, you know, make it happen and, and, and just change up everything? And, and then he says, I did. I did at the cross. Everything was already done. It is finished. He already did the work. And what does he require of you, man? It says to uh, uh, go, therefore, into all the world and preach the gospel, right? We're to give the good news of the gospel. And only this love will be able to give you this encouragement to go out there and do that. How can you give the gospel to those you don't love? You can give the gospel to strangers, but what about those that you know have committed certain sin or committed certain crimes? You know, are you able to go to the jail 
Are you able to go to the prisons? Are you able to go to those who are lost and abandoned, who the fatherless, the, the orphan? Are you able to go to them and present the love, the heart of God? And as you do, they see and sense the heart of God on you because it's that fear that God put within your life. And uh, Psalm 103, 13 it says, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. So love is produced through this fear in you and I to love our enemies. Love is that kind, uh, it's only, only Jesus can per- perform that which is good in us, right? So this fear would cause us to consider the Lord instead of considering your enemy, Right? So when you're considering your enemy and you're like, yeah, but he did this or she did that, and, and, and blah, 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 right? That's of the flesh, right? And your flesh is obviously, that's, that's, you're kicking it into neutral gear, right? And your flesh will take over. And you're naturally going to complain about him or her and what they did. But when you're in the fear of God and you're trusting in the Lord, all of a sudden you're considering him. And now what does he want of that person? And he, God wants to use you to go and restore that person back to the Lord. And you're like, oh, no, right? No, but Lord, right? Like Jonah, just, I'm going to sit here and eat some popcorn. You go ahead and burn them, Lord. You do your thing. Come on, I'm waiting. Oh, where did that shade go, right? He's going to make it uncomfortable for you until you realize he's going to shake you up and be like, come on, right? It, you need to consider the Lord uh, instead of considering yourself because yourself is always going to complain and murmur and, right? You're going to want to go back to Egypt. They have so good onions over there. Let's go back. What? They're trying to kill you, <laughs> right? You don't think when you're in the flesh. Uh, but his love will be produced right in you because of this fear, this healthy fear, this reverential, this offness before the Lord. Um, at salvation, God grants you wisdom and understanding when you first came to the Lord. And in Psalm 111, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding of all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. I think there's something hidden here that... Uh, you got to really look at it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, if you really, when you came to the Lord, there was the beginning of wisdom, right? You you took action on the knowledge that was given to you. And a good understanding, you had a good understanding. That understanding, it was in Christ Jesus. And and obviously, it's going to produce praise for the forever, right? Because of him. In Psalm 119, verse one. Uh, in 120, it says, My flesh trembles for fear of you. I am afraid of your judgments. Awesome. Psalm 103, verse 3, it says, If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. You know, we're, we're all running the race, and, and this race is a race that God has set up for you, each and every one of us, right? God's prepared the path, and he knows the direction. We just got to keep looking to him uh, to continue to be, and, and, and you can't look to him unless you're trusting in him, right? He'll lead you, he'll guide you, but you got to trust him. And, and we're living in those days that are called the end times, right? We're living in the end times. You Literally, I, I watch prophetic like uh, stuff that's just events that are going on throughout the, the world in life last day or the last two days and you know volcano here earthquake there flooding over here and and this is a missiles are going into israel like crazy and and god is doing this and he took out their power grid ha 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 right and and uh there's just so much stuff going on in this world that's just like it's astonishing that you would think this is a movie based on you know years of time but it's all within a day or two days of all this stuff happening livestock are just dying you know fish and the, the millions are dying and and whatever you could just keep going but it's 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 amazing what's happening in our world today um the bible says and uh in fact turn to proverbs proverbs uh, chapter 1 proverbs chapter 1 um you know, this, this is the healthy fear of God that the church needs today. And, and, uh, and I don't think we consider it as much often. Uh, and that's what prompted me, you know, to, to, to just give you guys a little topical in a sense here. Uh, look at Proverbs chapter one. Look at verse seven. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And look down in verse 29. It says, because they hated knowledge 
and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. Um, guys, how do you receive this fear? How, how can we find, um, you know, the knowledge of God? Um, in chapter 2, look at chapter 2, look at verse 1. It says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment, right? When's the last time we did that? And lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. You guys want the fear of the Lord? You want the knowledge of God? Well, there's a few things that the Bible is just very, very clear and and how to receive this fear of God. You know, I notice in the, the fear of God that it, it involves trusting in God as well. In Proverbs chapter 3, I'm sure we were all raised around this, you know, got it plaqued on our wall somewhere maybe, but in, in verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall, he will direct your path. And so this is wisdom here to trust in the Lord and not in what you think is right. Uh, because what we think changes, doesn't it? What we're, our feelings are feeling, they change as well. And, and so why, so, so he can direct your path, right? So he will not force his love upon you, by the way, right? He'll never do that. Um, he grants us a choice to follow him, and thus you choose to follow him, and thus you're chosen as a follower of him. And so to trust in the Lord, I notice, really involves two things. It involves our mind and it involves our body. In Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2, following his will for our life and desiring uh, his path instead of our path, it's going to keep us in that godly fear of the Lord. And in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. This is a cry from Paul. Paul's heart here. Church, if you would just present your bodies, right, before the, the living Lord, the, the Lord, right? Your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It's your reasonable service. This is just your act of worship. This is your opportunity to glorify God. And, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How am I going to be transformed? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So as you live for God, as you think of God, you'll be directed by God because it's his word that will change your mind. It'll change your direction. It'll change your heart as a big boat, right? It's a little rudder thing. It's the word of God. He'll direct you and where you got to go. And, and as we acknowledge him with our bodies as a living sacrifice, as we put our minds uh, to the things of God, right? To the word of God, he's going to direct us and, and put us in the places he wants us to be in. In Jude verse 3, it says, Beloved, while well, I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common, um, uh, our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. So if you don't contend for the faith, uh, and fall into this complacency, uh, Christianity, I guess you can call it, that does not fear God, you'll live life in vain, in the, in the very end, right? And when all your works are refined by fire, Will God find gold or is he going to just find nothing? It's all going to be burnt up. Your every work, your every motive for what you did, your works, is going to be tested by fire uh, one day. And we're going to be standing before the Lord at that point. And, and so we, are to con- we need to contend, guys. We need to contend for the faith daily, continually, consistently contend to fight the good fight that the Lord has given us. Because our bodies are not our own. God created us and... and uh, to be his. We're created for the Lord. And, and we need to contend. Many people, they don't want to trust in the Lord. They want to follow their own God of their own imagination. And, and it's a, it's a God that is far from the biblical God. And, and it's a, it's an imagination thing. It's not real. 
It's just, it's what I think and what I feel, and that's how they grocery shopped and they made their own Bible. And, and that might be many of you today. And we got, not you guys, other people in other churches, right? Sorry, not you guys. But, um, but we gotta be careful. We're living in dangerous times and it's not time, you know, to be playing around with the Lord. We gotta take God serious. And I think we're living in a time where we see that God is serious. We see that God is saying enough's enough. And it's, it's getting to that point and we're out, we're out of here. But at that last minute, that last stretch, that's just push, right? As if you're running track or something and you see the finish line, don't slow down, go faster. Keep going and don't slow down until you finished, right? You keep running and run harder, if, if that, right? And so we're, we're beginning, getting to see, uh, Matthew 24, Matthew 25. We're beginning to see these signs right before our eyes. And the spirit of the Antichrist is very, very evident today. Uh, you see, uh, uh, first John, uh, well, the whole book is talking about, you know, a lot of people that, who are under the spirit of the Antichrist. Who are these people? That's your homework. Read First John. And you'll realize it's those who deny the deity of Christ. Those who deny that Jesus is the Son of God. Mormons and Jehovah's Witness. I'd just be careful, right? There's a whole bunch of them. Scientology. There's a whole lot of people out there. Um, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So make a decision to follow and take action, right? And it'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. In chapter 8, verse 13, it says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. But if you want to fear the Lord, it means to hate evil, abhor it, right? It, it Cling to it is good. And we think because we've been, you know, in sin and God hasn't recognized it, God, there's no no wrath of God upon your life and, and uh, he's just silent, so he must be okay with it, right? So after all, you know, he's covered me with his blood on the cross and so I've been in sin and it's a casual thing I've been doing for a while and uh, I've been in the secret place, no one knows about it, so it's not like I'm hurting anybody, but there'll be a day that will come when you'll stand before the living God and all the books are going to be open and 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 now right uh your your sin's going to be addressed and i would not want to be in your seat right standing before the lord and as you hear everything and looking into the eyes of the one who died on the cross for the very thing that you did and that you're loving and that you're cherishing and that you keep running to uh but you keep on living in sin and but what are you doing you're mocking your savior and you're saying uh, terminology like you fear the Lord of Christianese, right? We could all say it, but it's one thing to do it and be it and, and live it, right? It's only through Jesus Christ, right, that we can understand God. Uh, in chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The Holy One, that's speaking of Christ Jesus. In chapter 16, verse 6, this is my, I love it. I just found it this week, actually. I read it, I don't know how many times, but it just stood out to me like crazy. Um, in mercy and truth, right? Because we realized his mercy, we realized that he hasn't, he's not judging us uh, he's holding back that which we deserve. And, and we got in his truth. We realized his truth. We became born again, right? Atonement. So we, uh, his blood shed on the cross for you and I. We've been atoned for. We've been, uh, washed by his blood. We're born again. It's provided for by, for iniquity, for the sins that we did and committed before the Lord. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. How do I depart from evil? Well, it's the fear of God. Right? And, and in chapter 23, verse 17, it says, Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day, for surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. In Ecclesiastes, Chapter 7, verse 16, it says, Do not be overly righteous, nor be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Do not be overly wicked, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp this, and also not remove your hand from the other. For he who fears God will escape them all. Love that. Uh, look at chapter 8, verse 12. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him, but it will not be well 
uh, with the wicked, nor will it, he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he does not fear before God. In chapter 12, verse 13, it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. This is the wisest man in all the world, guys, who spoke this conclusion. In Isaiah chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that this people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hollow. Let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. Don't dread and fear man. Fear and dread the Lord. There's that awe, that, that trembling, right? At, at how his greatness. Psalm 29, if you read it, the voice of the Lord, it's like thunder, right? You guys hear thunder, at the, the thunderstorms, and it's like, it shakes your house, and sometimes it shakes you, but you don't want to admit it, right? And you're like, oh, that's almost like the voice of God. It's like, uh, rushing, many rushing waters, right? The, the sound of just this greatness before, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> um, of Jesus, the Bible says in chapter 11 of Proverbs, verse 2, it says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. I love that. He delights in the fear of the Lord. In verse chapter 33, verse 6, it says, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Oh, can I read that again? The fear of the Lord is his treasure treasure oh man there's one you guys can write down and take home with you um i'll give it to you for free oh there you go oh it's gone there you go next one jeremiah chapter 5 look at verse 22 it says do you not fear me says the lord will you not tremble at my presence who have placed the sand as the as the bound uh, uh i'm sorry who have placed the sand as the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass beyond it, and though its waves toss to and fro, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, yet they cannot pass over it. But this people has a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. They do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God who gives rain, both the former and the latter, in its season. He reserves for us an appointed uh, well, it goes on for the harvest. But notice, they don't even say, let us go and fear the Lord, right? That's not a common theme in their hearts. In Malachi chapter 1, verse 14, in the middle there, it says, For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among all the nations. In chapter 3, verse 5, it says, And I will come near you for judgment. I will be swift a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans and against those who turn away an alien because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. That's the main reason. It's not because of these things. It's because they don't fear the Lord. That's why they do these things. And Luke Chapter 1, verse 50, it says, And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. In chapter 12 of Luke, verse 5, it says, And say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that uh, that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Fear the Lord. Fear Jesus. In Acts chapter 9, verse 31, it says, And the churches throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Guys, we will be multiplied in our hearts, right? In, in the fruit, I'm, I'm seeing more so um, as we fear the Lord, as we're in awe of the Lord, as we come before the Lord with not just mere words, but with hearts. And, and uh, in chapter 10, verse 34, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted 
by him. So understand that there is a danger in the lack of the fear of God in the church today. Um, turn with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, um, go to chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, you know, pastors will give a gospel that is convenient. And, and we're not, you know, called to make decisions we're called to make disciples, right? And I noticed there's a lot of pastors, and I, was, I grew up this, I, because of the pastors, the way they taught me, I grew up with the tradition of just saying, if you just raise your hand, and if you just say, you know, this prayer that I say, and I'll say something that says nothing about Jesus on the cross, say nothing about the resurrection, nothing about the blood of Christ, and, and then they'll just go on to say, Lord, help me, and, and whatever. And then they'll say, as if it's true, you're now a Christian and God is rejoicing over you and the angels are rejoicing, they're dancing. I thought nothing of that stuff. I was like, yeah, it's just a simple prayer. And of course, they, salvation was found in that person. And then I watch and see these people who raise their hands and there's no fruit in their life. They continue living on day to day the things that they used to do. And then years go on and years go on and years and they're still doing the same thing. And I'm like, wait, but they raised their hand. What would happen? They said the thing that the pastor said to say and but they were nearly making a, 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 a declaration in a sense, but it wasn't from the heart. It was just mere words. And, and God is not looking for the words. He's looking for the hearts, right? So it's not, we're not to, to get people to raise their hands and just make decisions. We're here to make uh, disciples, right? We want to train and equip, and it's through the word of God that you'll find the fear of God, and God will lead you and teach you in all forever, right? It's his word. He's the one who teaches and, 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 and raises up and does an amazing work at it, right? And, and so, uh, disciples, right? It's, that's what we ought to do. And, and that's by teaching the word of God. And that's what we are doing. We're just teaching the word of God and giving you the word of God. Sometimes it's like, this is so much of the word of God, right? But, um, but that's good. It's a good thing. Um, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, in, look at verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear, notice, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen? Every time I read that, I'm like, oh, amen, Lord, it's so good. Um, where where do we hear about people preaching in fear and trembling today in the church, you know? And and to fear God, it's funny, because that, that really is the, the elementary, that's like the ABCs of Christianity. It's the very beginning of the fear of the Lord. That's the, the knowledge and the understanding. That's where it comes from, of the, the Holy One, of Christ, right? And so uh, if you can start your marriage off in the fear of God, there's never going to be a divorce. There's never going to be a, a, I'm going to go do this and do that because they're not going to be in want, right? The Lord is their shepherd. Whom shall they want? Nobody. They're content. They're content with who God has given them. And there's millions of books of, you know, uh, advice on marriage out there. And, and, but only one book that has all the answers. And that's, that's Jesus, right? And the volume of the book, right? It speaks of Christ. And so, um, in Hebrews, by the way, chapter 11, verse 7, it says, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. What does that mean? He was moved with godly fear back in Genesis. This is amazing. He prepared the ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world, uh, God, and, uh, he condemned the world and became their heir of of the righteousness which is according to faith. That is slow down there. Um, he condemned the world. He was a preacher, right? But uh, in Revelation, by the way, I should make some people mad and say in Revelations. <laughs> you know you've read Revelation if you don't say Revelations. Um, I'm always tempted to say that around Pastor Dwight. Have you read Revelations? <laughs> and just see what he says, right? Um, 
Anyways, chapter 14, verse 6, it says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach. And what is this angel preaching? What is this gospel that the Lord wants the the mankind at the very last minute uh, to understand? Preach the gospel to those, uh, preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, first thing, first things first, what is it? The ABCs of Christianity, right here. The fear, fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. But what's the first thing? Fear him, fear the Lord. And in chapter 19, verse 5, then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him. Both small and great, right? Uh, and, and that's the thing. We're to fear the Lord. Did you guys know when you received the true gospel of Jesus Christ, you became born again. And at that moment, you were declared holy. You were declared set apart from the world. And his finished work right on the cross, that's what, what declared you. It was his blood shed on the cross uh, that covered you and washed you. And it was by his Holy Spirit uh, who leads you and he guides you in, in all truth, right? And so question, have you cried out to the Lord on your knees? Have you sought the Lord? I'll ask you it again. Have you asked the Lord and with tears and just desperately, Lord, I, I need, I want, I, I desire I, Lord, would you teach me to walk in the fear of you, to know you, to understand you? I want to grow in the knowledge of you, right? Is that, that's a heart that the Lord desires. And, and now you'll find yourself, you know, weeping for the lost, loving your enemies, uh, you know, visiting, uh, those that were locked up and, and, and in prison and, uh, you'll defend the fatherless. You'll do all that. In Romans chapter 2 verse 4, it says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, the forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? It's his kindness, his goodness that led us to repentance. So when you realize how good God is and you begin to understand true repentance and it's going to lead you to salvation and because you see how good he is. And when God has blessed me, you know, it's funny because he blesses me and then I turn to my sin. What's wrong with me? <laughs> but you're just like me, so I'm speaking for you too. And and what do we do? And God's still good to us. And and so this it breaks me because he is good. It, because his kindness toward me is good. Why? Why would you do that, Lord? I'm evil. I'm I'm wicked. I, my heart is desperately wicked and and evil. And it's it's ugh, who can know it, right? And and God says, well, I just want to keep blessing you. I love you. You're my you're mine. Right? And he just wants to bless you. And it's just, it breaks me down. But question your own heart. What is that? What is it that God wants to get rid of in your life? Because sin can hinder this work that God wants to do in your life. You need to make a choice in your heart. Are you going to continue in sin or are you going to uh, fear the Lord and walk 100% in his will? What is your decision? What do you want to declare in your life? Uh, in that sense of, I'm going to follow the Lord. I can tell you guys this. It's impossible to walk in his will without... Um, his spirit in you, right? It's by his spirit that we can do anything and not through our flesh. In fact, in Second Corinthians chapter 7, you know, people can sing songs, they can preach their heart out for hours, but God cannot even see those things unless the person's heart is holy, unless his heart is separated, unless he's been, you know, he's uh, truly or she has been set apart through the week as well. And they, they're living for the Lord. They're, they're, they're surrendering their heart to the Lord in that sense, right? Um, like Pastor Dwight said, you can't surrender your all. I surrender all, right? Uh, you can't in and of your flesh, but he can, right? And it's through his spirit. Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And, and true holiness doesn't come from the fear of man, but in the fear of God. And I see people afraid to mention God at their workplace. They're afraid to work, uh, mention God to their families, uh, to their own, own spouse, and to their own kids. And, and I, you know, I would rather get fired than to be on fire in that sense, right? But, um, pastors are afraid to speak of the fear of God and in fear of losing their congregations. It's, it's crazy. I literally, I talked to a guy in Tucson, a young, hip, you know, emerging guy, 
And, and uh, he's like, no, no, we don't talk about that stuff. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? And, and oh, Right? But I'm going to leave you guys with this. Philippians 2, uh, 12 is not up there, but it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Paul says to the church of Philippi, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out what God is working in you, right? And but not casually, but with fear and trembling. And this is a command, by the way. We are to do this. And so um, I pray that you guys are like me and are just like, whoa, I need to I need to pray and seek the Lord on this one. That's, you know, I think that would be a, a good thing. And I think the Lord won't hold back that which is good, right? And that's the fear of God. So let's let's stand and then let's uh, let's pray, if you guys don't mind. I feel like I was on fast forward there. Sorry, guys. Yeah, just a whew. Don't drink the green tea. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and the reminder that we are to fear you. We're to be in all of you. We're to uh, revere you and only you, Lord, and no man. I pray, Lord, that you would, um, Lord, literally terrify us with your goodness, Lord. Show your kindness toward us that we might follow you, Lord, and trust in you, that we might be directed uh, in in your ways and the path that you want us to be in, Father. We know that it's um, it's because of your mercy, Lord. It's because of your truth uh, that atonement has been been found in our life, that we've been redeemed, Lord. And, and so I thank you. I pray that you would produce this fear within us, Lord, uh, that we might run from sin, that we might uh, cling to what is good. And so I pray, Lord, that you would impress upon our hearts. Uh, Lord, shake us up, Lord, that we might tremble before your presence. And, and I pray that we would... Uh, that we would just be yours, Lord. We love you. We thank you for who you are. And I just thank you for this fellowship, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in our pastor. And I just thank you um, for everything in Jesus' name. Amen.